Hey everybody, welcome back to Pastor Dad's Podcast. This is Gabriel here with you with Josh and Bo. We're so excited to bring you episode three. Uh, first off, we just want to start off by saying thank you so much for the support. Um, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. You guys are all over the place. Uh, you podcast listeners, the Pastor Dad's Podcast listeners are the few and the proud, and we're so glad you're with us. And we are actually closing in on 300 likes on Facebook. Um, so while you guys liking our Facebook page, we would like you to interact with us there. Um, if you listen to a podcast and you have a comment or a question about anything we talked about, we'd love for you to engage with us there. Or if it's something that you don't want everyone in the world to see, you could always message us on that page as well. And we also like to have your ideas for topics, right guys? Yes. Um, yes. We want to hear from you. So if you want to comment, uh, sh- uh, shoot us a post or a message on Facebook, or if you know us personally, which most of you probably do, uh, you can send us a text and we'll, we'll tackle just about anything. We're not scared. Yes. Um, as you've noticed in the first two episodes, we've <laughs> talked about some somewhat controversial things. So all that said, right. episode today, um, Bo, what is our episode today? I believe it's on parenting as pastors, uh, being pastor dads. How about that? It only took us three episodes Woo! to actually tackle the title of our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to kick us off? Because, man, I'm scared of this subject already. I'm going with Bo. So yeah. parenting, parenting is the act of raising up children uh, or grandchildren <laughs> or great-grandchildren or however, whatever situation you might find yourself in. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about what that might look like for us as pastors, as uh, a group of friends, we can discuss our own techniques and maybe share and uh, mm-hmm. see what happens with our kids when they grow up. Uh, <laughs> it's all an experiment. Yes, <laughs> it's it is. the scary part. Yeah, uh, yeah who, who, who left us in charge of this anyway? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember thinking that when, uh, when Gabby was born, our for those who don't know our first child, she, I remember leaving the hospital. Like, why, why do they trust me with this kid? Like, they, <laughs> why are they letting us leave with this, with this baby? We don't know what we're doing. And obviously it's worked out. She's doing okay. But yeah, just, yeah. Like Josh said, who left us in charge? <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. We, yeah. But there, there's gotta be some kind of natural inclination for parenting because we just you just figure it out and then you end up doing it yeah well and and i think you know something that helps is i i I probably could speak for all three of our our all three of our marriages on this but uh there's just something about having a a a good steady uh responsible spouse (laughs) (laughs) responsible is the key word (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah there's just something about it you know um uh, from in, in my case, you know, Julie, Julie does a lot, if not most of the, the, the hard duties as being a parent. Um, I try, I try to do better and I'm trying to get better at that, but, uh, she definitely does a lot of that. And that's something that definitely helps us. Um, the, the, the issues though, that arise are usually, um, uh, if they're controversial with each other or whatever, the, the issue is always that there was a lack of communication. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Yeah. What do you think, Bo? I, I, I uh, definitely couldn't do it without my significant other. It would be a nightmare trying to, to raise kids on my own. I don't know how anybody does the single parent thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I sure can't imagine a pastor being a single parent. Uh, oh man, for uh, sure. Uh, so, I do have a question. Uh, well, Gabe, what about you? First. Yeah. No. Um. It's just navigating. Uh, like you guys said, it's you know without my spouse, this would be basically an impossible task, especially being in ministry. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of nights where she has to be a single mom <laughs> and it's pretty tough. And you guys know that you're part, you, you deal with that too. Right. Um, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's tough navigating that home life and ministry life. And also you don't want to, you see so many PKs, pastors, kids that 
just get burnt out on church and they get, they see all the, they grow up seeing church as taking dad or taking mom away. And I'm terrified of that, like bitterness developing in my kids or that like resentment. So that's something I'm really cautious of. I actually don't tell them I'm going to church. I say, daddy's going to work. Oh yeah. And I think Gabby's kind of figured that out that church and work are synonymous, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I still try to separate like, Hey, we're going to go to church today from I'm going to work type. So I think she, there's still a difference there in her heart. You know, that's interesting that, that topic though. Cause like for me growing up, you know, as a, as a preacher's kid myself, one of the things that I was different than my brother and sister, I wanted to be at the church. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I, I just, I always wanted to be with my dad and be at the church. Even if I wasn't talking to him, I just wanted to be there. Um, but as my brother and sister, that was something that they, they struggled with. It was like, dad was always gone. Dad was always gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in our house now, my daughter, yeah, there's some times where it's like, well, dad, dad, daddy's over at church working, you know, a lot. But if she's home, like for instance, with like quarantines and uh, snow, the snow vid or whatever you want to call it, uh, Gracie, <laughs> Gracie likes to do her schoolwork where I'm at. Um, and mm-hmm. so she spends a lot of time. And so I, I think, you know, the obstacle that I am trying to overcome is, you know, kind of similar to what in Gabe, where it's like, I, I need to make that distinguishing factor, but in the same concept, where do you do that? You know what I mean? Right. Like, where do you make the distinguishing factor that some of this is, you know, work and then it's ministry, but I'm also a dad at the same time, yeah. uh, b- because I don't want her to grow up and resent the church. Right. Um, but, but in the same concept, I feel like part of the reason why I love what I do so much is because I did go to the church with my dad every day, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't, what, what do you guys think? I mean, like, what's the, I, I guess the question is, you know, where's the line and, and, and how do you define well, I, that? That's, 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 I'm not sure there is a line. It's a, it's a give and take. I think Yeah. it's kind of a wave, I guess. Um, and I think it's especially difficult for you to even have a line there because you live in the parking lot of the church you work for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I didn't really experience that when I was there because Gabby was only like what, eight months old when we moved. Right. So it wasn't even, a thing for me really. Um, but, but if she enjoys spending time with you there, I think that that's going to help. Um, as far, I mean, same thing for you, like you said, you know, you enjoyed it. So there's no resentment for you. Um, so hopefully that's the same for her, but every kid's different. Yeah. That's the, that's the hardest part is that you can't treat every kid the same. <laughs> they all have different right. personalities and well, that's why, like, yeah. Bo, you have, I'm sorry, Bo, you have two, two kids that are kind of of age now that, that understands this, this, this the, the, the factor in this, like, mm-hmm. like I have one and Gabe, you have one that that's at that age now, but sort of you've got two Bo. So is there any resemblance like in the two of them? Is it one way or is it another way? Or, you know, what, how do you, cause, cause you guys are a little bit different in the fact that both of you are in ministry too. So, <laughs> True. You're, this is two sides of the spectrum there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and our our whole world is different now than what it was a month ago. Right. Uh, and I'm home a lot now, uh, or I can be. So I'm kind of the stay at home dad for right. for right now until I can find something to, else to do. Uh, but our kids uh, are totally different from each other. Um, but neither one of them has really showed any concern yet about being at the church too much or being away from us. But most of the time, I mean, we, one of us is always with them if they're not in school. So, um, are a lot of times we'll be, we'll, one of us will stay home with the kids. Like we're hardly ever both at the church together with the kids, but mm-hmm. now that we're here, it's a little different, um, uh, we have been there more now than we were in the past simply because my whole life is upside down and I'm, I don't have that full-time job holding me away all the time. So, right. Um, but their school days are shorter now. And so that makes it complicated. Um, 
Uh, so they do spend time at the church now and they probably will get tired of it very quickly. Um, but we don't plan on making that a habit. Um, as far yeah. as, you know, that's our plan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like, you know, the, everybody has to address this no matter what your job is. What, right. So not necessarily at a church. I mean, people have to decide how much time they want to spend with their kids. It's not about where you're spending your time. It's about how you're spending your time and the relationship you have with your kids. If, you know, if you're not spending time with your kids, then like just with them, like your relationship's going to be poor. And, but if you are spending that time with them, then your relationship's going to be good and your kids aren't going to mind when you have to go to church or when you have to go do something at work. They know that right. they're going to have some more time with you in the future right. and, and they're going to cherish that time, whether they really realize what they're doing or not. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, my kids, they don't like me to have to go to work, but they also know that I'm going to come home and play with them <laughs> later in the day or, you know, at some point. It's yeah. just about making time and building that relationship, I think. Uh, it it definitely is about you know making that time because the issue I, and I'm sure that you guys face this too especially uh, well I'm sure both of you do but uh, or have or however but one of the things that I would say it's probably the hardest is when I come home uh, it's easy for me to want to make an excuse like oh hey I I just need to sit down for a minute you know I'm I'm really really tired. And then you sit down and before you know it, your daughter has spent like an hour on her tablet or whatever, watching YouTube or whatever, you know, and you're like, then you feel super guilty uh, and you should. I, I, I think you should. <laughs> uh, uh, but but that's that's the, the, the thing is we have to make that time. And, and, and like you said, Bo, it's not it's not just people that are in ministry and distinguishing it with the church. Uh, you know, I, I think too often um, society has gotten so used to, and, and this is just kind of bumping off of our previous uh, podcast, the first one, but like we spend so much time with technology that, that we're using it to a disadvantage, if you will. Uh, we're, we're creating uh, a nanny within a tablet or whatever, you know? And it's like you, you lose so many moments that, that you could spin with your child and you're not ever going to get that time back, you know? Um, and, and that was something that uh, was challenged to me uh, from, from a pastor friend. One time he said, he said, you're not always going to be a pastor, Josh. You're, you're always, you're always going to be a dad. And, and that being said, work on your relationship with your family first, because it's, it's utmost importance. I mean, obviously God's first, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, over your, over your career, over your ministry, you know, you mm -hmm. need to make sure that you take care of your family. Yeah. I've, I've got lots of notes here on that. Like I, I say lots of notes. I've got some notes to, <laughs> to make sure that we hit on that because I believe that is the most important thing is you know, taking care of our family. And to do that, that means that we have to take care of our relationship with God we have to take care of our relationship with our spouse and then we have to take care of our relationship with our kids. And so those three things need to come before our relationship with our church. And right. that's hard. That's hard to keep in place. And a lot of people might even disagree with that, but I, hmm. I, I don't, I can't see it any other way in scripture. So I, I believe that if we don't have a healthy relationship with Christ, then our, all of our other relationships are going to suffer and then if we can't have a healthy home life, then we're going to be suffering every, and then it's going to compound itself because if you don't have a healthy home life, you probably aren't going to want to be at home. And so right. you're probably going to put yourself more and more into work and then be less and less at home and your home life will likely fall apart. And if you put yourself more into work to avoid being home, you're going to start suffering in your work. Mm. Your work's going to go downhill because you're not going to find joy there. You're finding avoiding Mm -hmm. something else sure. and that's yeah. especially for us in like creative spots when you're stressing or down on things your creativity is just squashed yeah yeah it, 
It, you know, that, that kind of leads me to a question. I know, Bo, you said you got some things that you want to talk about, but um, I just I, I just want to be 100 percent transparent while we're here. Um, not that I haven't been, but uh, I want to I want to <laughs> be transparent. But like one of the things that 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 I'm curious about is um, how can we help our listeners um with the understanding of being an example to our children. Um, and not, that means like being a good example as a father or a mother or whatever, you know, who, whoever our listeners are right now, but being that example, like Bo said something about our relationship with Christ, uh, being the example of that, being an example of a good, healthy marriage. Um, I know that sounds like a duh question, but you know, it's easier said than it is done. Uh, there's a lot of things where you spend so much time trying to get things right that it kind of overwhelms, if that makes sense. Uh, and so I guess the question I'm asking is, what do you two do to help be that example to your children? Be a good to be, how are you being a good example of, of, as a Christian, as a dad, and as a husband to your children? Like, you know what I mean about being a good example of what a husband should look like. Are you speaking specifically just husband or uh, just a person? I guess, I guess you could, I, I was saying as a husband to kind of maybe help me out even, but uh, I guess just overall, like as a parent, how, how, how you know, towards a spouse. Uh, like that healthy relationship, you know, or that relationship with you in Christ, how are you guys, what are some, what are some ways that we can help our listeners and me, even me, what are some things we can say that would help them? Uh, like, let's just say somebody's listening right now and, and they say, you know what, this is a great topic because I have struggled for so many years and I'm at my wits end. What would you say to that person? Well, um, this isn't a complete answer, but I think it's part of the answer. I think there's a lot to be said for authenticity. And you talked about being transparent a minute ago. I think, and I can't speak for you guys, but I can speak for myself and for Anna. We grew up, um, and I think this is true for most of our parents' generation, and this is not attacking them or a knock on them. Just It was, it was kind of a hide the issues and when there were issues, we didn't really talk about them. We kind of swept them under the rug type thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if there were issues with us as children, we would talk about that and discipline would take place. But um, as far as like, if there was issues with them or if there's issues in their life, and I'm not saying you need to air out all your dirty laundry for your kids to see, but how can our children learn to deal with mistakes, to deal with issues, to deal with whatever, um, if we just sweep it under the rug, or if we don't talk about it, like I know Anna dealt with this a lot. Um, there would, you know, be some kind of moment, a lot of tense, uh, a lot of tension in the family. Somebody would blow up on somebody, right. really harsh discipline moment, and then you know, never brought up again. Mm -hmm. right. And it's like, let's just let's go back to everything's fine. And I don't think that's authentic, and I think that's hurtful for your kids. And again, that's not the answer to the whole question, but that, that's part of what we need to do is be authentic. I, I think authentic is a good, is, is a good answer. Uh, my spouse is very much um, in, in that, in that aspect of, you know, actions speak louder than words. So mm -hmm. you could, you could say it over and over and over again, Josh, but until I see it in action. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so like, like you said, you know, uh, the authenticity. Yeah. What about you, Bo? What do you think? I mean, for me, I, I have to go with time. Like, Mm -hmm. If you, if you want your relationship with your spouse to be better, you have to spend time with them. And, and it goes along with Gabe. It needs to be authentic time. It needs to be time like intentional and like time that you're not just sitting there in each other's presence. You're, you're intentionally trying to get closer to each other. You, mm -hmm. you, uh, you want to do things each other enjoys. You want to uh, like you specifically want to, do things for your spouse that you know they would enjoy or um, interest them. 
And sometimes that's, you know, that's not easy, especially when you're tired at the end of the day, you got to put energy into, to coming up with something to do, or, you know, actually mm -hmm. doing whatever you've already thought of or planned. Yep. Uh, you, don't, you won't always feel like doing it, but because you love your spouse, you want to do it for them. So you do. Right. And you, you got to be willing to be vulnerable. We got to learn to be vulnerable with our spouses and let them be vulnerable with us. Right. Well, and I think that's something too, um, because that's that, you know, that's on both sides of the spectrum. Gabe, you hit that. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask him to expand on that. Like explain what you mean. I think it's really easy for us to kind of recluse inside ourselves. Um, is that a word? Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I don't really want to, tell my wife my problems. I don't really want to tell her what I'm struggling with spiritually, especially. Um, right. And I should want to do that. I should want to be vulnerable with her, but I, I'm like, it's kind of either it's embarrassing or it's like, we've got enough problems to deal with. I don't need mm -hmm. to put the, you know, um, so it's, it's allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your spouse, but also allowing her to be vulnerable with you. Cause there's times that, you know, my, my wife will struggle with, you know, anxiety or some kind of emotional turmoil. And part of me is just like, oh, okay this again but that's just because i'm dealing with my own thing and i don't want to you know what i'm saying like yeah i'm not willing to be vulnerable with her so i'm it's difficult for me to allow her to be vulnerable with me but um that comes back to authenticity like if we're if we're just going to put on masks around each other and walk on eggshells and pretend like everything's honky-dory what's the point right right and then um and as far as like we've talked about you know being our relationships being better with, you know, being closer to Christ, being spending more time, 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 time. Um, I told you guys, you know, we had revival at church this week and I don't, I'm going to go a little bit on a rabbit trail. Stay with me for a minute. But Dr. Stephen Manley, I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's kind of a radical thinker in the Nazarene church, but yeah. Um, I had a good friend tell me about him today. Yeah, dude, he's, he's the dude that can preach for 50 minutes and you think it's been seven. Like <laughs> you, he just has you from start to finish. But his whole, like everything he talks about, it comes back to what he calls the merger, which is us. We admit that we're helpless because we're dependent. We're, we're created to be dependent. We admit that we're helpless and that we can do no good without the spirit of God coming and dwelling in us. And that's what all this really boils down to is that good parent, good, good Gabe is God within me. Bad Gabe is me fighting against God within me, mm -hmm. me trying to keep control over some aspect of my life. And uh, our pastor, I really appreciate him doing this. He had Stephen Manley um, come into our staff meeting Monday and just share with us and discuss with us. And I was able to process with him. I was like, so I feel like I've had moments where I've like experienced the merger where thing, I was capable of doing things that were beyond my own capability. Like I did things that I could not do on my own. And I knew that was God. It's like, but there's also times that I know that I'm like struggling and I'm stressing and I'm trying to do something and I'm failing miserably and I'm, right. so I was, I was just trying to process them like am i like in the merger then out of the merger or what's going on he said no that is the spirit of god revealing things to you in your life that you are still trying to control and he's revealing things to you that you need to let go of and i told him one of those things was my family like i'm so i like i felt this need to have this grip on my family not that i'm like controlling them but i'm trying to protect them from any you know mentally right. spiritually physically and it's, I'm finally realizing that God within me saying, let me take part in this. Let me protect your family. Um, let me within you. It's not like us and God's over here. Sometimes we let them, it's God within us. And if we just give it all up for like to him and not fight that, that all these things improve. Um, and it comes back to, so I'm, I'm tying this in now, how we treat our spouse and our kids. So um, he also talked about, you know, like what, what you give your wife is what you're going to receive. Oh, um, yeah. So like if you come home from work, come home from church, come home from whatever, or you've watched the kids all day, like Bo, you're stay at home dad now. There's probably frustrating moments. She comes home and ah, well, Nora was blah, 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 and Jonah was blah. You, you're probably going to get some, well, I had blah, blah, doofus at church, did the blah, 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 you know. Because mm -hmm. I'm guilty of that. I come home and be like, wow, my stupid whatever did this, or she'll do that, you know. And that's, you get 
what you give in those moments. And that comes all the way back to, is God speaking through me or am I the things I want to control, the things I, you know, I can't let go of and give to God that I feel like I need to control. That's an interesting Mm -hmm. thought though. Uh, Because uh, one of the things is I, I, I would say that there's something about in my, in my, my family and in my marriage and uh, relationship, for some reason, mine's a little bit opposite in the fact that I come home kind of like what you were saying at the end. And it's like, I have worked all week and all day trying to be as positive of, of a person as I can, that when I come home, there's like no positivity left. Uh, if I'm just being honest, you know, and, and that's one of the things I get that, you know, and, and so it's like, ah, why, you know, why do I do that? Because with, with my family, it's Gracie's the same way as Julie. It's like actions speak louder than words, you know? And so Mm -hmm. it's like, man, I need to give more to them. It's kind of an aha moment is what I'm trying to say. What you said, (laughs) what you said is kind of an aha moment to me. And I hope it is for listeners too, but uh, that what you give to your spouse is what you'll give it in return. You know, I heard that somewhere, uh, a preacher somewhere said it or something. Yeah. And, and then he said something like, you know, you give your spouse this and she brings back this and you give your spouse this, you know, uh, mm. it, it is true. And I've noticed it uh, like even in little small disputes, it's the same way with my kid. If I'm going to be, you know, obnoxious and like, what are you doing? You know, then that's how she's going to respond back. But if mm. I'm like, hey, let's not do that. She's going to respond gentle, you know. Well, and the same thing would play true in the vulnerability that Gabe was talking about. If if you set the example first and kind of share some of the stuff that's going on inside you with your spouse, maybe they're more likely to open up. Uh, yeah, with, you know, the other way. So, and and that vulnerability, and that's you know, we're talking about being dads as part of this, and that that's important for your kids as well. Like I said earlier you don't air out all your dirty laundry. You don't sit your kid down and be like, yeah, your mom and I are struggling sexually. Like that's, that's awkward. Don't do that. <laughs> but, but there is something to be said of, for being vulnerable to your children's struggling with something or emotions are high or something because we, I, I'm, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you guys, but I grew up thinking my parents were pretty much superheroes. Like, and that they were this, you know, they were this person that I needed to strive to be. And then when I knew I was failing in my heart or in my mental state or something I'd done, I was afraid to approach them about that. And I'm not blaming, I'm not saying that they should have told me all their dirty laundry, uh, but I was afraid either of just, you know, disappointing them or perhaps just the, you know, the discipline that could come from that. Um, right. And I think that's just, it comes back to vulnerability. I don't remember them being vulnerable with me um, and they, maybe they were, uh, but maybe not enough, you know, um, right. but yeah, again, please hear this. Don't air all your dirty laundry. Don't go like bad, bad mouth to your spouse, to your kids or anything like that. Just let your kids. Pastor dad's told me to do it. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay for your kids to know that you're not a superhero to know that you're not perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for them to know that they can tell you anything and that you're going to love them no matter what. As you were talking there, I was kind of thinking that, you know, yeah, we might remember some things that our parents could, could have done better but we as children should not hold that against our parents because we now recognize that we're not perfect. We don't know how to do it. They didn't know how to do it. Right. uh, Yeah. So, and we don't even have teenagers yet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's what's going to get really interesting. Yeah. I I have uh, much more respect for my parents more and more every year. Mm -hmm. And uh, also uh, not regret, but, I don't know. I kind of feel bad for the kind of kid I Some was sometimes. Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like I see where that, yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> they let me live, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. was it is it in Psalm uh 46? And it's like, God, you know the heart of men, still you let them live. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh man. I remember well, you you said you said you had some things on there that you had written down as I mean, have we hit some of them or? What? Yeah, we've hit a lot of them. Uh, there were some other just little single topics offhand. Just like Important point. You can hit your points, but you can't hit your kids. 
Yes. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> uh, Josh, you had mentioned something uh, in preparation for this podcast about living in a glass bubble. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. If you, uh, Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up because I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So uh, especially living in a parsonage. Um, that's one of the things I, I, I have literally lived in a parsonage my whole life. I think with the exception of one year, I lived in an apartment. Uh, so uh, the whole glass bubble effect. Uh, I, again, I grew up in I grew up in parsonages, but it's more than just the parsonage side of things. But the whole glass bubble of, of, of living, um, being in ministry and your children and your family. Um, one of the hardest things is the aspect of people expecting you and your children to live a certain way. When I was growing up as a preacher's kid, I literally rebelled as much as I possibly could because people would use that word. Well, you're, your dad's a pastor. You should be doing better. You should, you should know better. And that caused me to want to rebel. And um, I think that that, that's a common misconception that we see so often that it, it affects us in so many ways that we don't even realize it. Like for instance, in my home life right now, it's like, you know, there's even times where it's like, I'm not feeling at a hundred percent. I don't want to go to church today because I don't, I don't, I don't want to look like I have to have it all together right now. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and, and it's, and, it, and it's goes even further to the, excuse me, to the point of, of, okay, well, can I go to the altar to pray? Because I don't want people to like, think, you know, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with my family. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 you know, it's hard to be transparent sometimes and I'm a very open person, but man, that glass bubble, it's like, did you hear what pastor's son did? Or did you hear what, josh did you know what i'm saying like the glass bubble do you guys ever experience that i kind of look at it a little different on our world like i i wasn't raised like like i wasn't a pastor's kid so josh you probably have a lot more experience in with that but as far as our current life like yeah people are involved like we share stuff with our congregation and, you know, they ask us stuff and, you know, we, so everybody in our congregation knows what's going on in our life to a point. I mean, we don't tell them every little detail, but uh, I kind of look at it a little different and it might not be exactly what you're talking about. Uh, but like, I kind of look at that, like as living as a community, like we, we need to be aware of what's going on in each other's life. And that's hard that it's not always comfortable because we're, we live in a, a culture that does not really do that well. Um, but I don't know. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, yeah. To, like it's good to have that accountability or that uh, just awareness so we can be there for each other. But I know it can get to a point where it's annoying and people are intrusive and they use the information and, in, you know, they, they misuse the information and, and, they might, you know, share stuff that they shouldn't share and yeah. <laughs> all that good stuff. And that's, that's where it kind of gets dicey. And you could argue that all of us grew up in a glass bubble because Bo, we grew up in BB. Josh, you half grew up in BB. Yeah. BB is its own glass bubble, <laughs> especially, um, you know, if your parents work in the community at all, or like my parents worked at school. So I had my own little bubble there, mm. but um, I had a point here. So, I think it comes back to that vulnerability though. Um, and I, this isn't like talking at you, Josh, but I would be careful of, you know, talking about looking like you have it all together and I get what you're saying. Cause I, you got to have a certain attitude. You need to walk into a service with, especially as a worship leader. Cause I'm, doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I've got to go up there and lead worship. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, our people can't expect us to be, robots exactly yeah we're we're as we're every bit as human as they are now we are called to a higher standard because of our, the nature of what we do the nature of what we've been called to um but if you really 
read the scripture. It's, I mean, we're all called that standard. Um, we're just going to be judged a little more harshly if we leave <laughs> people astray. That's really only the difference. Mm-hmm. But um, all that to say, I know pastors who are literally killing themselves trying to wear this mask all the time because they think they have to help uphold this certain image and hide things from people, no matter what's going on with their kids, no matter what's going on with their wife, no matter what's going on with themselves. And you, that's not a way to live. It's not a way to do ministry. First of all, it's definitely not a way to live. Right. And I think part of the reason, and I'm not, I'm not trying to attack anybody here, but part of the reason they do that, I know one in particular, um, I think they've been burned. I think like you, both of you guys have, have mentioned, you know, that information about their family, about them has been misused, been used as a tool against them. Cause no matter where you go, no matter who you are, you're going to have people who are against you for just no reason. They just don't mm-hmm. like you. It's whatever. Right. But the, I think some suspicious some of our older pastors have been burned so bad by people they thought were their friends, people they thought they could trust. Um, so now they just, they've come up into their little tortoise shell and they wear this, they wear this pastor mask all the time and, and they're killing themselves. Like I know a guy who is a lead pastor right now, um, who's been doing it for a long time. He just turned 50 last year. The dude looks like he could be in his sixties because he's just the emotional and mental stress that's put on him trying to uphold this image that he feels like he has to uphold, which it's not totally his fault. I mean, like you guys said, there's people who will attack you within the information they have and, you know, shame on them. (laughs) Like, right. Like if you're, if you're just a church goer listening to this, you know, give your pastor a break. And I, and I honestly think the majority of, um, you want to call them churchgoers, Christians, disciples, whoever, understand the humanity of their pastor. They understand right. that we're all in this together, but there's there's the loud few um, who are just going to try to tear you down no matter what. And that's unfortunate, but they exist. So it's a dilemma. It's a problem. It is, and and it, and it goes to it goes to even the silliest things too, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just at, let's talk about the parsonage side of the bubble. Um, that was one thing I remember, and and I'm not going to say any names, obviously, because this is a podcast, and who knows mm-hmm. where it's going to end up. But I remember this was before we lived here. There was a night every Monday night, my family, my dad, and mom wanted to spend time with us as a family and not be distracted by anybody or anything every Monday night, it was set aside. And I think that's healthy to set, Mm -hmm. set a certain time aside. And, um, and we would literally hunker down, turn all the lights off and go to the basement to spend time together because of certain individuals that would come and literally knock on the door because it was a parsonage and, and they just wanted to chit chat and they just wanted to, you know, and, and, and I, I refuse to believe that they, couldn't find another time to do that you know it's just <laughs> it, it, it's mind-blowing but that glass bubble in in, in living in a parsonage it, which parsonage life is is kind of slowly fading you know uh mm. there's a lot of churches that don't have parsonages anymore um i'm thankful for 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 my parsonage i'm thankful because financially it just really really helps uh but that is one of the downsides anything that we do is seen Anything that we don't do is seen. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. like, hey, I see there's trash in your yard still from last week. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. hey, you need to mow your yard. Oh, by the by the way, let's mow this area over here too. You know, so you you see what I'm saying? There's a glass bubble side, the glass bubble effect. You know, that's why I built a privacy fence at that person. Oh, that fence is <laughs> a blessing. I, you know, Gabe, when you for those that are listening, Gabe. He he was at this ministry before me, um, and oh, after you, and then before you. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, between you. <laughs> but he built this fence, and I'll never forget. Um, it's a privacy fence. When I first saw it, I was like, "Man, this guy is building a, a fence bigger than the Trump fence." You know, what I mean, it's like <laughs> it's huge. And I used to think, "Man, that's just crazy." But then I moved in, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Because nice. you know, I can literally hide myself and play with my daughter outside without having 16 people come up and talk to me and I respect, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love chatting with, with people from church and I, I'm a very outgoing person, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just want to spend time with my daughter. <laughs> and sometimes you know? your daughter wants to go outside. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's kind of funny that fence. I, 
you're, I, th- I don't think I asked anybody if I could do it. I think I just did it. <laughs> and I don't know why I did that. I wasn't really thinking. Your dad was like, hey, no problem. Just uh, maybe in the future we should talk to the board about this. And I was like, you're probably right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, a, I think I think your dad and I talked about it, but he we never like made a decision. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do it because he was cool with it. But he was like, we should probably ask the board first. I was like, well, that's the other side next of the time. glass, glass next time, bubble. Yeah. Next time, <laughs> That's the other side of the glass bubble. I don't think any of you guys have ever experienced this, but uh, and we don't now here. I mean, it's pretty much just whatever we want and need. But like, man, there has been some places in ministry that I've been in and that my dad has been in and where we couldn't even paint the walls. Like, yeah. do not do anything to this house yeah. without getting a board's approval. <laughs> Which is crazy. Oh my goodness. It's like, okay, you can even rent a house and do things that you want, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Our yeah. landlord said we could do whatever we wanted in here pretty much. Yeah. Whatever color. <laughs> well, they assume you're probably going to improve it or they'll, if you don't, they'll just pay back over it. Yeah. Yeah. They're making plenty of money off of you each month. Yeah. <laughs> they probably hire somebody to pay back over there. They have to do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right, so um, is that all nope. we have to say about a glass bubble? That's all I have for as far as far as the glass bubble goes. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I I wrote it down. Let's talk about um uh, how we plan if we haven't already, because uh, most of our kids are fairly young. But there's probably some things that we've dabbled in, like. How, how do we plan to expose our kids to the world, to different mm. things in the world? Um, mm. And what's healthy about that? Yeah, like, yeah, what's the approach? What's the, the reasoning, the, the justification? The... You know, there's to me, there's certain things that you just don't want to expose to. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things I want to expose to. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, that's the thing. I, I, I could see where we could go so many different trails on this. Um, but recently, for those that are listening, my dad is not only just a pastor, he's uh, a, in the uh, captain in the police department and, and all that. And he's a detective. He's like a lead detective right now. And one of the things that recently happened uh, was uh, there was a girl abducted. And the reason she was abducted was she was chatting. A 14 year old girl was chatting with men on a game. Well, that hit me pretty hard. Um, She's fine, by the way, they got her and she's safe. But that hit me really hard because it's like, how do you expose your children to certain things, but not other things? Because to me, like my daughter's eight years old. And I remember, obviously, technology was way different when I was younger um, if it was even there, um, but, but I didn't get a cell phone until I was 16 and driving. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter is eight years old and I gave her one of my old iPhones. Now I refuse to allow her to, it's not on a plan. It's not, you know, it's literally just for games and, uh, monitor games that is, uh, and, uh, she can, iMessage me. You know, and and the but there is this one game called Among Us, and I was totally mm-hmm. okay with it until this situation happened with this girl. Um, that dad, you know, it, it didn't happen through Among Us. I don't remember what game it was, but like, it just kind of scared the mess out of me, you know. And it's like I told my daughter immediately, I was like, "You're not playing Among Us ever again," and I felt bad. But in the same concept, it's like my daughter's eight. All right. <laughs> so the 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 is that what you're talking about like you know expose certain things that we want to expose and not expose yeah. to our it could be anything uh that's one aspect of it for sure yeah i know I, my, kid, my kids are into the among us too and so it's yeah. really like i really didn't want them playing it but it's such a simple basic little game they had to go and put that chat aspect to it and uh. it's like why'd they have to do that? Cause it's yeah. such a fun game without it, you know, Yeah, they don't yeah. need it. No, they could mm-hmm. do it without it. Yeah. So, so that's one of the things, you know, for, for me and my family and then also YouTube. 
Um, my daughter, she loves to watch, um, I forget what it's called. It's like spy something. I don't know. It's, it's this married couple. They're really sweet, good people. I watched it for months with her until I let her just watch it by herself. Uh, but we, I would say that we are very healthy about it. We, we monitor everything that she watches and everything that she plays. Um, I think there's a certain point where we have to say no, uh, that it's unhealthy, but in the same concept, there's also a point where we have to be like, it's unhealthy to not allow them to spread their wings a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't want to keep them so closed that they go to school and they hear something and they're like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. because that's going to happen. I mean, it's going to, there's going to be things. And, and that's why like I, every day when I pick up my daughter from school, tell me about your day, you know? And, and that's something I think it's important for all of us and everybody. And we need to make sure and ask just curious questions. And even if they get annoyed, they get older. I, I think it's important for us to be involved and present in our children's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. The the whole the whole. <laughs> How do you expose? When do you expose? What do you expose? Gosh, that's. I mean, there's a billion books on it. Everybody has their own opinion. I don't. And every you know, this comes back to different personalities for different kids. I mean, every kid's different. Yeah. Every kid's, every kid's gonna have different curiosities, different responses to different exposures, and oh, it's terrifying to me. I don't think about it. <laughs> boils back down to spending time with your kids and you got it really know, does you yeah. know them you know what they are attracted to or not and mm -hmm. you know what they need to know uh, but yeah I, I i just watched i finished a movie recently i've started it a long time ago and never finished it but i just finished it recently it was a uh, like a christian made film but it was uh, about, about a kid who basically grew up super sheltered and went to mm -hmm. college and like within just a couple months or so of going to school, he right. ended up getting a girl pregnant and then had to figure out how to deal with that because he, right. didn't, he, did, he was not educated. <laughs> right. You can be sheltered to a fault for sure. We see it all the time. A hundred percent. Yeah. So what, what do you, uh, is there a fine line or is it just, is it just literally parent, by parent, child by child, because here's the thing. I know there were certain things that my parents allowed me to be exposed to that they did not allow my brother and sister to be exposed to. Um, now that may be third child syndrome. I don't know. But, but one of the things I know for sure is uh, I was exposed to certain things because um, I wouldn't say it was like, Hey, my parents were like, oh, well, we didn't let Jeremy and Stephanie do it. So we're just going to try it out. Let Josh screw up. If you know, <laughs> I don't think it was like that. I think it was, hey, you know, we've got two kids under our belt. Let's just, you know, monitor this as we go. So there's not there's it's not there's not a one time thing. I think people write books like Gabe said, but I think it, I, like you said, isn't it isn't it just child by child? Because like. Bo, you, you, you know, with, with Nora and Jonah, like you may do one thing one way with Nora and then another with Jonah. How do you decide? How do you explain that to them too? You know, like Gabe, you have two kids come, you know, you got two kids and as they get older, you're going to deal with this too. So yeah, my personal philosophy right now, it's definitely, you know, possible this will change, but uh, I believe that the earlier you can expose a child to something the better they'll be but you have to also take into re, uh, uh, consideration consideration is the word i was looking for there not uh, <laughs> taking into consideration how mature they're going to be with that information so, yeah like they need to be aware of stuff but they also need to know that they can't just go talking about it with everybody because not you know not all parents are going to want their kids knowing about stuff so right you know, uh but they need to also be able to act responsible with that information so um 
So you got to take all that into consideration. You don't go tell your kids about every little thing. And then they, you know, they're so young and immature that they go try it all just to see if you're right. Uh, <laughs> you need to, you know, you understand. Yeah. So I say that like, you know, like my kids are not mature enough for many things yet. So yeah, <laughs> one is nine years or almost nine or sorry, almost 10 years old. Uh, and she, she still needs a lot of work before there's, you know, <laughs> some of the major things to expose her to gosh uh, i can't believe she's almost gonna be like 10 yeah, blows, i mean that blows my mind you're you're creeping up on preteen dude <laughs> yeah well godspeed yeah so like i mean this like we're just talking about the the a few of the little cultural issues we have with our kids these days but mm -hmm. it could be anything like uh you know, movies and stuff are a big thing. And like, you know, you struggle to know when to let your kids watch certain things or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a whole nother subject altogether, just watching movies in general. But, um, but there's the things in movies, what's in the movies that we're worried about exposing our kids to and like violence and gore and that kind of stuff and language. Like for me growing up, that those two things were things that I was exposed to kind of uh young yeah just outside of the movie world like not violence and gore so much as just like I had a a realistic view of it because I don't know it, it may not translate perfectly but like you grow up as a hunter, you know what a gun does. You, you see, you witness what bullets do to animals and like you watch it on TV, you know, that stuff's all fake. Most, you know, what you see on there. And to, so you get to the really gory movies and there. Some of them are more accurate and shouldn't really be seen, but uh, all, most of what's on TV is not very realistic anyways language stuff you know like right. I, I was exposed to that at a pretty young age I mean probably not as young as some kids but just being around people who use language I was and alcohol was you know I was exposed to that at a young age and I learned what it did to people and I learned how people acted and what it was like for people that lived this way you know right. always you know cussing like a sailor and drinking like a fish that <laughs> they, uh, what the lifestyle looked like I learned that you know my personal experience was I didn't want my life to look like that and so being exposed to that helped me yeah that's instead good instead of yeah. being kept from it um, you know that's interesting though um without getting too controversial uh how do i say this do it um one of the things that that scares me the most is the topic of homosexuality um because um you know i know it's coming and uh, one day my daughter's gonna see something like well why are those two girls holding hands you know mm -hmm. and so it's like ah how do i expose that without exposing that you know what i mean like mm -hmm. but in the same concept uh it's not just that it's not just homosexuality there's there's so many things that the world is worldly about and, and, and it's if i keep if i keep like bo said if i keep it to myself and not not explain it to her somebody's going to teach her something mm -hmm. and i don't want it to be the wrong thing you know what i mean like rather she learns it at school or hears it from a friend i'd rather her hear it from me and from god you know the biblical way um mm. and so exposing now obviously i'm not going to go to my daughter and be like hey you know this is what happened you know <laughs> but in the same concept I, I i think you're right bo i think there's a there's a there's a early start to things that is healthy um now we have to be mindful how we do that like you said, you know, how are they going to respond? Are they responsible enough to respond a certain way? But I think that that was that way for me growing up too. So I, you know, um, I seen a lot of things and, and, and heard a lot of things and that, 
that may trail a whole different topic. So if I get off track, stop me. But <laughs> that was something that that at home, my parents never talked about people at church about tr- talked about people from church, church politics and church issues at home, mm-hmm. uh, at least around us kids, because my dad didn't want to ruin a relationship just because he had a bad day with somebody, you mm-hmm. know, uh, and, and, and I, I know I'm kind of changing subjects here, but, but that's a hard thing, you know, because it's like, when can you talk about it with your spouse, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I'll stop there. Cause that's a whole, you know, yeah. well, so going back to the, um, to, you know, knowing when to expose, how to expose and, and who to expose to and all that, like Bo said, this all comes back to knowing your kids, knowing um, how they're going to handle it, knowing their maturity levels, knowing what they need to know, when they need to know it. And that comes back to spending time with them um, and being authentic, letting them be vulnerable with you and you being vulnerable with them to a appropriate degree. So, yeah. She, she could wrap up this whole episode. <laughs> you could well, say what well, Go ahead, Bo. For, for that point i want to also add that like when we when you choose to expose a kid to something like you don't just need to like introduce them to something and say don't do it like right right you need to make sure you explain the reasoning and your, your beliefs on it the, right the mm-hmm. the consequences of you know getting into something that you shouldn't or you know whatever it's that way with my daughter because she's very curious and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but she, my daughter is a very curious person. She has to know an answer and it's not disrespectful in her heart. She's mm-hmm. really trying to process like she, she processes everything. And, and so like, if I say don't do something, she really wants to know why it's not, mm-hmm. well, why, you know, it's, mm-hmm. well, why, what, what's going to happen if I don't, you know, or what's going to happen if I do that. So yeah, Bo, I think that's right. I think explaining why is an important factor. And I think, I think that, that, that if we don't do that, then we're not parenting. Right. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. How many times did you hear? Because I said so. Oh my. (laughs) Well, I, I catch myself doing that. I'm like, no, I got to start telling her why. Well, kind of an extreme example for me at the time, it's been, a, I don't know, two years ago, maybe. I can't remember. It was, yeah, it's somewhere around then, a uh, year and a half maybe. Nora was doing something and she was lying to us about something and we couldn't get her to quit. Like she was doing it a lot and uh, like it might be cheesy. It might have went too far, but I did it. I said, you know where you go if you make a habit of lying. You could end <laughs> up in you could end up in prison or something. And I was like, uh, and just to show you what that looks like, I. Put her, I took her in the truck and we drove down to the county jail. And Woo. the one there is, it looks like a prison. It's big. And, you know, wow. <laughs> we drove, I was like, you want to live there all your life? <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. But uh, she kind of straightened up. I like it. No, that's good. <laughs> that's, but they, they do need to see that though. Like sometimes, yeah. just hearing consequences sometimes isn't enough. They need to, visualize or something sometimes they need to deal with it you know like me going to college first year out of high school and not caring enough to make my grades and go to class and then getting out in the real world and realizing i don't want to <laughs> do stuff that you know i don't want right. to work i don't work manual labor my whole life mm-hmm. i had to learn the hard way and i needed to be shown that even as an 18 19 year old i still wasn't I got told me, that all the time. You don't want to, you don't want to do this. So I was like, ah, I don't care. Took me 20 years to figure that one. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that there's a, there's a, there's an unhealthy of unhealthy side of not exposing certain things too, because man, um, I try to tell this, especially as a youth pastor, I try to tell this to parents all the time. If you shelter your child so much, when they do go to college or when they do get out on their own, they're going to like it or not, the statistics prove they're going to go crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it, it, and it's, it, 
seen it over and over and over. And, and, and I hate that because I don't want to say your child's another statistic. Cause that's, that's not the way to look at it, but in the same concept, it's like, dude, hear me out. If they're going to hear it from somebody else, they're going to see it from somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Do it now and, and, and do it the right way instead of waiting until they just get all this freedom all of a sudden and go off the deep end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you're wondering, what did I do wrong? Well, I'm sorry, but you didn't, you, you, you kept them away from the world so much that, that it was unhealthy, you know? Mm-hmm. So also, this is very important. Give them permission to screw up. Mm. I'm not talking about like, yeah, go ahead and get knocked up. That's fine. I'm not saying that, but yeah. give them permission. Like, don't make it so difficult for them to learn from their own mistakes <laughs> because we're, you know, and I don't really know how to unpack that, but I let me, let me say this. Can I say this on that? One of the things I don't know yet. <laughs> my dad, know. can you, can you, <laughs> my dad, my dad was always really good about this for me. Um, my dad, he, that was something growing up that, he was always, he let me learn from mistakes. Uh, matter of fact, that's how we even discuss things. Like if I could prove my dad wrong, he'd say, okay, but if I was wrong, I was grounded. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that was one of the things I did learn from that perspective of, you know, let me mess up and I'm going to help you when you do mess up. Mm-hmm. I told you so son, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Let me help you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's the way it was for me growing up. I, I'm thankful. Um, and, and I think so often we're too afraid to let our children mess up because we don't want to see them hurt. But in the long run, it's going to hurt worse if we don't. Yeah. that's That comes down to like, you know, Copeland is 10 months old. And I remember when Gabby was getting ready to crawl and walk, you know, the parent, every every time your child stumbles and falls, hits, bumps their head, stubs their toe, if you, you jump to save them or jump to be like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay, it's okay. Right. That child's going to be a crybaby the rest of their lives. And I've seen some of those crybabies and those kids are annoying. <laughs> but see, Gabby is a tough kid because, well, I don't know. Part of it's just her personality, but she's a tough kid because she'd fall down and we'd go, oh, ha ha. We'd laugh with her and she would laugh. <laughs> but in, in just to prove my theory, one time I just wanted to try and be like, okay, let's see if I'm like, oh no. It's like the exact same type of falling down. She, oh, it's yeah you know like and that's that's a silly example but that it starts there like are you gonna let your kid walk your kid can't walk if you don't let them try and they're gonna fall and they're gonna hurt themselves a little i mean not really injure themselves but they're gonna get bumps and scrapes and but that's true for the rest of their lives if you don't let them get bumps and scrapes they're never gonna learn anything my kid fell out the second story window the other day out of this house and wow she got up and walked away and laughed. <laughs> wow. She or he? Jonah or Nora? Nora. Listen, Nora's a tough Fell girl. out of the second story window. That's, is, a, that's another level. That's impressive. Yeah. I don't know how she did it, but she did it. <laughs> I, I, have I think w- she was scared for a little bit. Like, she might have hurt something. Like, she wasn't sure, but she wasn't hurt. She, <laughs> she, she didn't cry about wow. it. I have watched that girl, though. Gabe, I, Bo, Bo, she is like the extreme. Like she does like. She's pretty nuts. When they had snow, I watched her snowboard on a video. And I'm thinking it was like nothing to her. She, just going in that yeah. hill that you used to you live. don't even think about it. Yeah, no. And, and that was the thing. Bo, Bo used to live to those, everybody listening. Bo used to live in a place where there's this really, really steep hill. Uh, at a parking lot at, at, at like a school or something. And his daughter, Nora, she, she got a skateboard for her birthday and like <laughs> literally no hesitation whatsoever, jumped on the skateboard and just rolled down the hill. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've never seen such fearlessness <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a child that age. <laughs> yeah. She knows what it does when she falls. It just doesn't hurt her. Like she falls all the time. She gets up and goes again. She's going to be the new star of KOS. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> Reason I'm right, baby. Mm-hmm. But Jonah's a different story. He, he's total opposite. Yeah. 
I treat them both the same. I, you know, I don't baby them, but mama yeah. does a little. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that comes down to kids' personality. I mean, that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about. It. They're all different. Yeah. I can tell when they're hurt and when they're not. So, yeah. yeah. You know, when they're faking it, but you can't just be like, you're faking it. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I say, you're not hurt. You're fine. Stop. Come well, on. I'll say that to Gabby. Yeah. I'll tell <laughs> you. It's not even red. <laughs> 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 well, gentlemen. All right, everybody. That does it for us this week on Pastor Dad's podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, watching, and or listening. Um, be sure and like and subscribe either on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. We're all over the place. So wherever you find us and want to watch us or listen to us, please like, subscribe, and share if you can. That'd be great. Uh, we just want to continue to grow. And also, thank you so much for joining us today. And one last thing, uh, be sure and head over to Facebook, Pastor Dad's Podcast, uh, the group on Facebook, and Give us a post or a message. Uh, give us a topic you'd like us to discuss, and we will most likely do that. Um, and if, if you don't have a topic to give us, uh, just, just comment on one of our posts or messages um, uh, about any questions you have or comments you have about a previous episode or anything. Uh, we'd love to just have a discussion with you. So whatever you want to do there, please uh, just engage with us. We'd love to engage with you to encounter conversation. So we can all grow together. Is that right, guys? Yes. That's right. Awesome. All right. So once again, thank you so much. This is Gabriel, Josh, and Bo signing off from Pastor Dads. Have a great week, everybody.